Well, good morning, everyone, and may I also welcome you all here today. In my new capacity as BPCO, let me express my gratitude to Carl Henrik and the members of the board for their wisdom and support over the past year. The board have been extremely active and engaged. They have provided advice and challenge, and that has been valued by the management team. And can I also thank you as shareholders for continuing to support BP over the past year. In my remarks today, I want to build on what the chairman has said by doing three things. First, to explain how we responded to the accident last year. Second, to give you the details of the measures we're now taking to create a safer and stronger BP. And third, to set out our program to build long-term value for you, our shareholders. First, responding to the accident. As Carl Henrik has said, this has been an extraordinarily challenging year for our company. We were devastated by the loss of life last April, and we regret the incident deeply. I grew up on the Gulf Coast of the United States, and so it was and is very personal for me. I was saddened by the impacts that the event had on the beaches and the bayous and the communities that I know very well. But at the same time, I was heartened by the response of BP's people. I worked down on the Gulf for many, many months this summer, and I saw people turn up from all over the world, living out of suitcases, working very long hours under huge pressure. They worked in partnership with the US Coast Guard, with the federal government, the Gulf states, and a host of federal and state agencies. And local citizens volunteered to help. And many BP retirees came from many parts of the US to take part in the response. We had some very tough days, but I look at what our people were doing, and I knew that BP could recover. Our people have the commitment, and they have the capability. In the Gulf of Mexico, for example, with the eyes of the world upon them, our engineers worked around the clock to create and deploy new technologies 5,000 feet below the seabed level. And on the shoreline, our people work with federal and state agencies and local citizens to weave together a complex operation from several diverse elements, including BP people, local volunteers, ships, aircraft, boom, and new technologies. And at its peak, the response involved over 48,000 people, over 6,500 vessels, and 2,500 miles of boom. Active cleaning was required and undertaken along some 400 miles of the Gulf Coast islands, sandbars, and beaches, or around 10% of the shoreline. All of the affected public amenity beaches were prioritized for cleanup, and they were open for the traditional spring break this year when the hotel occupancy rates were reported to be around historic averages. And over 99% of the Gulf is now open for fishing and government testing has consistently found Gulf seafood safe to eat. And as the chairman has said, we continue to meet our obligations. We paid now over $5 billion in claims to individuals, businesses, and government entities for environmental remediation. And we've made $138 million of grants to the Gulf Coast states last year. And we provided $500 million for the Gulf of Mexico Research Initiative which is funding independent research to investigate the impacts on the ecosystem. Several investigations have been conducted, some of which have already been published. These include our own BP investigation, in which external experts participated. 
the report of the President's National Commission, and a specific report for the U.S. government on the blowout preventer. Both the Presidential Commission and our own internal investigation concluded the accident was the result of multiple causes involving multiple parties. Our own investigation made 26 recommendations covering issues including blowout preventers, pressure tests, and cement testing. And the Presidential Commission made wide-ranging recommendations for government and industry on areas ranging from risk management to planning for oil spill responses. And we're now systematically implementing those lessons we've learned from the accident, all through our company. As well as meeting our commitments in the U.S., we're taking the lessons learned from the Deepwater Horizon accident deeply into the fabric of our organization everywhere. And we have shared what we have learned from the accident with industry, with governments, and regulators in 20 countries around the world. And so, over the last few months, we have put in place a comprehensive program of activity to strengthen safety and risk management in BP. To begin with, we've created a powerful safety and operational risk organization headed by Mark Bly, who led our investigation of the accident. Mark reports directly to me and sits on the executive team. His organization has the resources and the mandate to drive safe and reliable and compliant operations in BP's operations around the world. The new organization is now in action across BP in four main areas. First, it is strengthening and clarifying requirements for safe and compliant operations. Second, it will have more than 500 specialist personnel attached to our business to guide, advise, and if necessary, intervene. And third is providing deep technical expertise to our operating business. And fourth, it is intervening where needed to stop operations and bring about corrective actions. And we're already seeing results. For example, we have shut-in production platform to repair the firewater pumps on one of our platforms. In another producing field, we'll shut down to enable pipeline integrity work to be carried out. We've also decided we will not accept rigs that do not conform to our standards. And there are a number of cases where we have either turned away the rigs or negotiating for modifications to bring them fully up to our standards. Furthermore, we've also made changes in the management structure, introducing three divisions in the upstream, exploration, developments, and production, each of which reports directly to me. This creates much greater clarity and accountability. It also brings specialist staff together in teams where they can share knowledge and build capability. And within the developments division, we now have a single global wells organization, which is responsible for drilling all of our wells and doing so to a high and consistent standards globally. And over the past four months, we have been reviewing the risk management plans for every one of BP's wells in order to assess their compliance with existing standards. In addition, we are establishing new standards as to compliance, risk management, capability, contractor management, performance indicators, and technology. We're conducting a major review of our risk management system. And the intention here is to bring greater clarity and consistency to the way we manage risk, applying best practice risk identification and mitigation standards in a disciplined way across BP. And in support of all of this, we are linking our performance management and our reward system directly to safety and risk management. 
as well as to the behaviors we want to see. What does this mean in practice? It means that last month, tens of thousands of employees from Azerbaijan to Alaska were each required to state explicitly in their performance contracts how they personally will contribute to safety, to teamwork, and to capability building. And they were also asked to state explicitly how they will contribute to the company's long-term goals as well as setting priorities for the year ahead. In all of this, we're drawing not only on the experiences and best practices of our own industry, but also lessons from other industries that are models for safety and risk management. One of these is the US Nuclear Navy, which was identified by the Presidential Commission on the Deepwater Horizon Accident as a role model in safety. And along with Carl Henrik, I am very pleased that we now have as a board member, Admiral Skip Bowman, who served as the director of the US Naval Nuclear Propulsion Program. I have met with hundreds of our investors over the past few months, and I have been encouraged by the support they've shown for the course BP is taking. Many of our investors recognize the need for BP to have the time and the space necessary to make the changes to make our operations safer and more sustainable. Not every company gets such an opportunity, and we do not intend to squander it. We have three strategic priorities in BP to build long-term value. First and foremost, as I've indicated, we're introducing a series of new measures for safety and risk management. Second, we are working hard to earn back trust through our actions and not just our words. And third, with safety and trust as foundations, we're setting out to build value for our shareholders over the long term. In other words, strengthening safety and earning trust are the essential foundations on which we can build a new value proposition for BP, designed to create value in a manner that is both safe and sustainable. As well as focusing on outputs in the form of barrels and oil and revenue, we will focus very strongly on the critical inputs that drive delivery, which are safety, capability, technology, and relationships. If we get these right, then I have no doubt that good business will follow. In the near term, we have taken steps to ensure BP is financially sound. The $20 billion trust fund has provided resources to meet individual business, government, local, state claims, and natural resource damages. And we've announced the sale of up to $30 billion in assets. And we have now agreed to roughly $25 billion of divestments. These divestment proceeds significantly exceeded the book value on those sales. And we are, as the chairman said, resuming payment of a quarterly dividend, and our intention is to grow the level of the dividend in line with the improving circumstances of the company. Like the chairman, I know the suspension of the dividend in 2010 was difficult for many of our shareholders. We intend to build on our strengths in the interest of perspective it is also important to understand that beyond the Gulf of Mexico accident, BP's global operations performed well last year. Beyond the impact of the Gulf of Mexico tragedy, which led to a reported loss of $4.9 billion last year, our underlying replacement cost profit, which excludes the costs associated with the Gulf of Mexico oil spill, as well as other non-operating items and fair value accounting effects, was plus $20.5 billion, and operating cash flow was $29.6 billion. 
We reported reserve replacements, so important to an oil company. Reserve replacements of 106%, which was the 18th consecutive year above 100%. And we replaced 470% of our resources. It was a very good year for new access, with many new opportunities added to the portfolio. In refining and marketing, we delivered around $900 million of underlying performance improvement. Now we're looking to the future, and we are planning for the future by looking at the trends in the industry and the ways we can use our strengths to play a part in meeting the world's demand for energy. As the chairman has said, we know that energy demand is set to grow significantly. Our best estimate, given current trends and policy direction, suggests that the demand for energy would grow by as much as 1.7% per year, it's nearly 40% by 2030. And our BP Energy Outlook 2030 projects that 93% of the growth in energy demand will come from the emerging non-OECD economies, as you can see on this striking chart. The environmental implications of this are challenging, and I want to state for the record that this is not what we want to happen. It is a projection. It's not a proposition. In fact, it's a wake-up call. I should remind you that in BP, we advocate stronger policies on climate change, including a widely applied carbon price and transitional incentives to help low-carbon technologies compete at scale with hydrocarbons. However, whatever course policy takes, and even if climate change is robustly addressed, the reality is fossil fuels are projected to provide most of our energy in 2030. In 2030, the energy mix, there will likely be a greater share of natural gas, which is the cleanest hydrocarbon, and a much greater share of renewables. But the world will still need large volumes of oil. And given the maturity of many existing fields, much of that oil will need to come from newer sources. Today, for example, around 7% of the world's oil supplies come from deep water, and we expect this to rise to more than 10% by 2020. So we've made some strategic decisions as to how BP intends to participate in this future. We'll continue to hold and invest in positions where BP can create and sustain material and profitable businesses that support long-term energy security. This is good for BP. It's good for BP's shareholders. It's good for the consumer. For transport fuel, this means oil and sustainable biofuels. And for heat and power, this chiefly means natural gas and wind. All of these have a significant role to play in BP's long-term energy future. Let me just run through some highlights of each of those areas of investment. In the upstream, we're investing in strategic projects, and our upstream portfolio is rich in growth opportunities, with 32 project startups planned by 2016. These have the potential to contribute around 1 million barrels of oil a day, equivalent to total production, which should more than offset the natural decline of our portfolio. We're investing in exploration, particularly deep water. We have a responsibility to take what we've learned. Exploration is one of our distinctive strengths. We're good at finding oil and gas, and that means by which we turn, that's the means of which we turn prospects into value. So we're going to be doubling our investment in exploration over the next few years. 
We will continue to explore in well-established locations such as Angola, Egypt, Azerbaijan, and indeed the Gulf of Mexico and the North Sea. But we also expect to test new provinces in Jordan, in Brazil, in the South China Sea, and in Australia. Incidentally, much of our exploration and production will be in deep water. Before April 2010, BP had drilled safely in the deep waters of the Gulf of Mexico for more than 20 years. Indeed, the governments of Egypt, China, Azerbaijan, and UK have shown confidence in our ability to operate safely at depths, as they have signed new deep water agreements with us recently. We're creating new alliances. For example, we've signed a landmark agreement with Reliance Industries of India to explore and produce in deep water basins that already provide roughly a third of India's gas supply, as well as forming a joint venture to market gas in India. In Russia, we own half of a very successful joint venture called TNKBP. This is our primary business vehicle in the country, and we are absolutely committed to its strategic investment program. And it has been hugely successful by any measure since its inception in 2003. However, we have also been hoping to conclude further agreements in Russia with Russia's largest oil company, Rosneft, including an exchange of shares and involvement in Arctic exploration. This was the transaction that was announced in January of this year. That project has been subject to an injunction granted by a tribunal convened to resolve issues raised regarding the interpretation of our shareholder agreement that we have with our partners in TNKBP. The original deadline for completing the agreements with Rosneft was today, but we and Rosneft have agreed to extend the deadline, so we will be working and continuing with the arbitration process and working to bring about a resolution of these issues. Ladies and gentlemen, Russia is one of the world's most important sources of oil and gas, as well as a massive market, and BP needs to be there. It is part of our strategy. We already have a very strong position in the country, and we will continue to pursue all further opportunities there where we can build value for our shareholders. Let me turn to heavy oil. BP is also partnering with Husky Energy and others to develop a further important source of energy, Canada's oil sands. These represent the second largest reserves in the world after the oil fields of Saudi Arabia. Now, heavy oil means something different to different people. And I think it's, as shareholders, it is important for you to know that our approach should not be confused with open-cast mining. We will not engage in mining. I believe mining is what most people visualize when they hear the words heavy oil. We will work with this resource in a way that fits with our long-term responsibilities and objectives using a method called steam-assisted gravity drainage. We call it SAG-D to extract the oil and an efficient integrated system to transport it. This means we have no tailing ponds. These operations will therefore have a relatively small footprint, as you can see here, and the land will be reclaimed. We will follow all regulatory requirements and consult with local communities, including First Nations and Métis groups. On a wells-to-wheel basis, which means from the oil well to the wheel of a vehicle, greenhouse gas emissions from Canadian oil produced this way are only marginally higher than those from conventional crudes imported to North America. 
BP is joining industry peers in research to deploy new technologies aimed at reducing the emissions even further. And in this process, at least 90% of the produced water needed for generating the steam will be continuously recycled. In the downstream, we're reshaping our portfolio in order to drive higher quality returns for our shareholders. And this includes the changing patterns of demand in the world and supply that means acknowledging that there is a flat to declining demand for fuel in the United States and in Europe. You saw that earlier on the chart. And as a consequence, we've taken the difficult but strategically necessary decision to half our U.S. refining capacity. And we are retaining positions that have the greatest competitive advantage, and we are planning to divest those which will offer more value to others, including refineries in Texas City and the Carson Refinery in Southern California. We plan to upgrade our fuels value chains in other geographies, explore opportunities in high growth markets such as Asia, and continue to grow our high quality lubricants and petrochemicals businesses. And as well as providing the hydrocarbons required over coming years, we're also making serious investments in a focused set of low carbon energy businesses. And we have invested more than $5 billion over the last five years. We invest where we can grow long-term value, just as in our fossil fuel businesses. In biofuels, we have a growing commercial scale business in Brazilian sugarcane ethanol. Just last month, we announced a new $680 million investment there, which will include two more operating mills. We have an exciting business, a very interesting business in the U.S. with a technology that is designed to make something called lignocellulosic fuel commercial at scale. It is developing biofuels from tropical grasses. We now have 10 operating wind farms of scale in the U.S. with a gross capacity of 1.3 gigawatts. This business is now cash positive and other wind farms will follow. And as to the immediate future, 2011 for us will be a year of consolidation. Rebuilding a foundation as we focus on completing our $30 billion divestment program, meeting our commitments in the U.S. and bringing new rigor to the way we manage risk. Looking back over the year, our thoughts return to the men who lost their lives and to those who were injured and the communities hit by the spill. Often the response to a tragedy defines the character of an organization and the entire management team is determined that we will emerge from this accident as a company that is safer, stronger, more sustainable, and in time more valuable. We need to earn back your trust and I realize this requires action and not words. But whoever you are here today, supporter or skeptic, I can promise you one thing. BP is changing. BP will act with integrity, honor, and respect. Whatever you think about our business, those are the qualities you should expect to see. It is customary to thank shareholders for their support at these occasions. And this year, I can promise you that the gratitude is even more genuinely and deeply felt. And I am grateful to you and to all our shareholders, individuals, and institutions for staying with us and giving us the opportunity to build for the future. I promise we will do everything in our power to reward your loyalty, earn back your trust by creating value safely and sustainably over the years ahead. Thank you.